it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Activate Waving Puppets edition of Tommy and Katie. Of course, we are talking about the Spanish Grand Prix, the Circuit de Barcelona, Catalonia, where we had very little expectations, didn't we? We we thought that, well, I think I tweeted on the run-up to it, if we had one overtake, it would be a banger. And actually, well, we got a few more than that, and one of them was for the lead. So overall, I think it's going to be a rather positive podcast for something that we expected to be talking about putting the the, the the track in the bin. I'm pretty sure that was our last year, last time they raced there. Thumbnail was uh, should the, the circuit to Barcelona Catalonia be removed? And I don't. I, well, there's still arguments. Anyway, Tommy, of course, is the WTF1 founder. Just thought I'd uh, put that in there. It's in my contract, as always. And Katie, <laughs> the WTF1 editor. People will actually believe. People you, actually right? believe that. Yeah, because it's true. Um, <laughs> Say it. Uh, right. Three word race reviews. Let's dive straight in. Ermsey says Hungary part two. Aaron underscore W01. Actually decent racing. And Sage underscore one, two, nine, eight. Remove from calendar. Well, I mean, that couldn't be any more uh, of two different uh, <laughs> three word race reviews there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am I disagree with Sage. I mean, do I disagree or do I think that it was an OK <laughs> yeah, race? Yeah, yeah. I, was it I, a one-off? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, we'll get on that last chicane, I'm sure, at some point. But I think if that was to be changed, I probably wouldn't call it to be removed because I think it's actually quite a nice... Ca- it's a nice track. It's just no one can overtake there. I think it's two different things. You've got the likes of Sochi, which I think is a terrible track. And then you've got Spain, which I don't think is a terrible track, but no one can overtake. So it's, I, I feel like there's yeah. two different definitions. It there. made the race better, if anything, that you couldn't overtake because... And this is... While everyone's going to jump in and say this is just you covering yourself for Monaco, absolutely yes. That <laughs> the race was the race was actually quite good because overtaking was difficult because the pace. I mean, we'll go into it. The pace of Lewis was so good that maybe on a easy track to overtake, we wouldn't have had that intriguing strategy battle because he could have just breezed past him in the DRS. No, it certainly was a surprise to have as much action as we did in Spain, because like you say, we all think Spain's going to be really boring and it's going to be a snooze fest and it's a chance for an afternoon nap. But actually, it proved to be um, quite a a decent race for Spain, considering. Um, And yeah, I don't know if I want it necessarily removed from the calendar. I mean, it might have been helped this year that we didn't go testing there, which is why the action was particularly good. Um, but I know that a lot of fans find that Spanish track really accessible and, um, you know, for, for young fans visiting a first Grand Prix, you know, Spain's normally quite a good one for them. So for that reason, I'd quite like it to stay on the calendar. Yeah, no one who watches Formula One is going to be thinking about the fans that attend the, the Grand Prix, are they, though? Because <laughs> uh, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, there are a lot more millions watching on TV than there are going to the track uh, as much as, you know, it is lovely for fans to be able to go. Uh, to a track and, and enjoy it and of course you know Spanish fans are, are really really uh, passionate as well uh, especially you know when Fernando Alonso was winning and whatnot um, yeah but I, I think we give it a chance until the new regs and then if it's still not great get rid of it I think that's pretty much it because because <laughs> you know, we decide <laughs> oh no yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah we've yeah, got the, the choice uh, the whole of Formula One and Liberty Media watch this podcast definitely uh, right my three word race review hurry up Perez <laughs> Look, I know people are going to be like, look, mate, you just any excuse to bash the second Red Bull seat because I feel like I am always the one to be very outspoken on this sort of stuff. But I'll take it. I'll take I'll take the heat because, yes, there are times where, well, there is time for Perez to get used to that Red Bull seat. We're now four races in, okay? And I'm not expecting him to be beating Max Verstappen. However, that hole in qualifying, which I mentioned in IBR, between Bottas and Leclerc was enormous. It was about seven-tenths of a second. Perez not slotting in there, I know. He says his shoulder was bad and he wasn't well and, you know, this sort of stuff. But there's, you still have to do your job as much as, you know, you either don't race because you can't race or you race and you do your best as you can. I don't, I, for me, I don't buy excuses like that because we can't measure it as an outsider as to whether how bad this injury is. You know, he might have just had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a hurting shoulder and then he goes, oh, you know, pop that in, in, in an interview. So for me, 
I'm still willing to give Perez a few more races, but I feel like he's taken a backwards step, if anything. Imola, there was a little bit of hope, at least in qualifying, of course, not in the race. Portimao, there was a little bit of hope in the race because his pace was okay, uh, but he had fallen back, unfortunately, and then couldn't really get anywhere near the front three. So I just feel like he needs to get on top of this. Of course, you know, he's going to be working so hard to get on top of it, but he shouldn't escape the criticism that I, I gave Albon and a lot of people gave Albon and the same for Gasly as well. We can't give him half a season to get him used to the car because that's game over in the Constructors' Championship and most likely the drivers too because Mercedes can just play any game they want with strategy. Yeah, it seems it seems odd to blame Perez for Verstappen not winning, but you're absolutely right. If Perez was in the mix and, like you say, slots into that gap, that, that massive gap between Bottas and Leclerc, and gets a decent race it changes the whole race it, it really does it sounds odd if you just look at it on face value but Mercedes could only do that strategy with Hamilton because they could pit him in a gap and they had Bottas to play with if Perez is there he could have held him up or they might simply have not even tried to do it because they know he'd be so hard to pass in a quick car that they can't do it but because Perez wasn't there, Mercedes could just go, oh, well, we do it. Worst case scenario, we're second anyway. Whereas if it if Perez was there, you know, they're, they're gambling whether they could potentially finish fourth or win the race, not second or win the race. So, yeah, Perez, not, not a great weekend. And when the title is so close, you're right, they, they need him up to speed now, not in six seven eight races exactly i think that's probably one of the reasons why they opted to bring sergio Perez into the team because he's a highly experienced driver and i think they probably hoped that he would be able to make that jump really quickly and you know as much as i've said on this podcast before i'm a checo fan you know i want him to do well i thought his time at red bull was just going to be like the making of him and finally get that chance you have to say looking at the numbers that he just hasn't met everyone's expectations in these first four races I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt you know you touched upon him having a, a bad shoulder or muscle pains on Saturday he said he felt dizzy behind the wheel of the car and you know said that's why he spun in quali but you know you have to look at that as a, maybe an isolated thing but then the three races prior he's still having you know, shockers of races and he needs to be up at the front. To, like you say, help Verstappen, um, not only aiding him like as a, a wingman, if you want to refer to him as that, but also to help Red Bull get those constructors points because otherwise it's going to be like every other year and Mercedes are just going to run clear while Checo is struggling, um, you know, in fifth and sixth and seventh. So it's, it's tough, but I think I figured out why Checo is having such a bad time. And that is because I keep jinxing him by predicting he's going to do well in the podcast. So hopefully from this point onwards, he's going to have a wonderful time. <laughs> I was about to come on to a question from Pilkey, who says, what do you feel Perez needs to improve uh, to do to improve in the Red Bull? And well, there you go. It's not Get me off the podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's all your fault, Katie. Eat me off. <laughs> Eat you off. Um, in terms of that question, it's, very, it's obviously very difficult. You know, he needs to get on top of the one lap pace. He also needs to get on top of race pace. And, you know, he says that, you know, he's dizzy behind the car and stuff. And that's why he spun. You have to take that with a pinch of salt because, you know, racing drivers say all kinds of stuff, you know, especially to protect their image. Like no one can verify if he was feeling dizzy apart from himself. You know, a lot of people would argue that it was the, the pressure, you know, and the fact that, you know, it's, it's just starting to mount on a little bit now. You know, we are four races in. Of course, we didn't have as much testing as we've had in previous years, but, you know, Carlos Sainz isn't doing too bad of a job in that Ferrari, it has to be said. Uh, Danny Rick's certainly getting on top of that McLaren. So you're seeing the sort of like for likes in terms of new drivers at new teams. Red Bull just seems to be a running trend of number two drivers having absolutely no hope against Max Verstappen. And there's part of me just thinking now that Max is the only one can, that can drive that car. You know, you look back to Daniel Ricciardo and obviously he was the one that has been as close as anyone to Max Verstappen. But that was kind of in Max's early days at Red Bull and perhaps didn't change the car as as much as he has now to his own liking. So, yeah, a bit of a weird one. Uh, let's move on to, to Red Bull strategy. Uh, BYD Rob, why didn't Red Bull pit Max when they knew Merck were going to do the same strategy as in Hungary 2019? It's, it's a, you know, the benefit of hindsight is an amazing thing. And... You, you just 
I, well, I personally think that if they did pit, Hamilton stays out and probably wins the race. And everyone's going to go, well, why the hell did you relinquish track, track position uh, to, to Hamilton? You know, because you didn't have the pace or whatever. I just feel like whatever Red Bull did, they were pretty screwed. And uh, as much as they could see it coming with the tyre strategy, I think they could have done the only thing that they could have done. And I was watching the, the race back last night was that potentially they could have pit Max the next lap and still been ahead of Lewis Hamilton on soft tyres as well. Because when you look at the stint lengths of the soft tyre at the first of Max's first uh, stint, it was about the same as where he could have pit that second part. So they could have done something different because again, Max was the only one of that, the front five to have a fresh set of softs as well. So I think there was things that they could have done, but certainly Max staying out was an option and they went for it. And unfortunately Max's tires continued to drop off. Lewis's was, was still uh, in, in a reasonably uh, good condition. And, and Lewis Hamilton's uh, medium tires weren't, weren't new either. They were six lap old mediums when he whacked them on. So, you know, it, it's all hindsight at the end of the day. And we would have probably had a go at them had they pitted and Lewis won that way. Exactly. Lewis was a lot quicker. You could see he he could catch Max after the first stop and get really close to him where it looked like he was probably going to get him within DRS anyway. Um, so obviously Max uh, dived into the pit or then the second time Lewis dived into the pits to say, like, let's try something new. Um, it's, it, exactly. It's hindsight. If... if um, Red Bull had pitted Max immediately after Hamilton, they might have, one, had a slow stop like they did at the start and cost them the race, or even Hamilton just got the undercut because he was right behind him anyway. I don't know how close it was. You say maybe he might have been able to, but again, it was obviously touch and go, like touch and go. But if they'd done that, the whole Twitter storm afterwards <laughs> would have been exactly the same of, why on earth would Red Bull pit Max? And when you're in the lead of the race at a track like Barcelona, where you can't overtake. And one thing I've not seen mentioned really is that Bottas was in the mix. So if Hamilton, uh, sorry, sorry, if Verstappen had pitted, obviously Hamilton had the luxury of Bottas getting out of the way, kind of. Um, <laughs> and uh, Max would have had to overtake Bottas, which we know would be extremely difficult. And then we could have had a situation where Max had maybe even lost to Lewis in the pit stops and Bottas and finished third. And then Bottas just lets Hamilton through, wins the race, and he's lost even more points. So it's all hindsight. It's easy to look back on this and go, oh, they knew exactly what was happening because they even mentioned themselves on the team radio, we've got a repeat of Hungary. But if Lewis didn't have the tyre life, and stayed out, we'd have been calling Red Bull geniuses for staying out. It's it's always easy in hindsight, isn't it, at the end of the race to go, oh, this now we know the result. I'm now going to blame them for a terrible strategy. Yeah, no, it's it was quite interesting after the race because Sky F1 had Christian Horner and Toto Wolf there discussing this whole thing. And Christian Horner basically said that he didn't think that Red Bull would be able to beat Mercedes in Spain. Um, he said, you know, in fairness, hats off to Mercedes and Lewis. They were just quicker than we were today. And the fact they could follow so close through the first two stints of the race. Um, so we knew that they were probably going to catch us. Um, and Toto responded by saying, you know, being in second place made it easier when you have the gap to make that call. So it is it was probably a case of who's going to blink first and change the strategy up and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's a mix of Mercedes just being superior when they're making these strategy calls it seems to just work out for them um and red bull like you say if they made the decision to pit max as a response whether that would have been uh, just a rash like impulse decision and you know would have worked out for them or whether they were better just to leave max out there um so regardless i think mercedes just pit them to the post this race and uh red bull were probably gonna have trouble regardless because of Mercedes strategy so yeah back to your point Tommy I, I don't think Bottas gets out of the way at all if both of them pit and we've probably got a really good race at that point because Bottas will be leading and he wouldn't be pitting again probably or at yeah, least exactly, he'd try that yeah. so I think we'd even have a, an even better race that way and you'd have to think that Max would cruise up to the back of Verstappen uh, 
Verstappen, uh, 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 cruise up to the back <laughs> yeah, of Bottas yeah. on softs and get past. But yeah, it's these sort of things that where the, the tires were a little bit of an unknown. The track temperature was a lot cooler than what it was previously and uh, on the days gone by. So a lot of their data was kind of out the window. If anything, FP1 was probably the most, um, uh, you know, data accurate to the race just purely because of the temperatures so for them they didn't really know how long the mediums would go and that's why we saw so many late pit stops of course some of it was to attack the fastest lap but also you know the likes of fernando alonso trying to go all the way to the end of the mediums and it didn't work out so yeah it's it's hindsight we all look like geniuses when we know what's happened and uh you know (laughs) they have to they have to react to to what's going on uh cali underscore dream in 85 did verstappen set too fast a pace after his lap one overtake without perez nearby to almost gift hamilton the buffer needed to get a free second stop to have that as an available alternative strategy i feel like my brain just exploded reading that seems like way too many than 280 characters as well for twitter (laughs) that's that's impressive after his lap one overtake without perez nearby at all what is he trying to say here tommy uh from my understanding it's that why did max go so fast at the start when maybe could have kept the pack together a bit more or saved his tires but it's kind of go so fast at the start but hamilton was a second behind him the entire time yeah it's hard to blame verstappen on that one for if he goes any slower he's getting overtaken yeah (laughs) well well, you saw that hamilton was really close and hamilton's pushing him every single lap so at the end of the day to kind of quote bottas i guess you run your own race don't you and yeah um so so what cali dream in 85 is trying to say is why didn't he back the lot into Perez which is it's not Monaco that's that's in two weeks time this is Spain and that as much as we say that overtaking is difficult backing him uh, backing them into the rest it just wouldn't it wouldn't have worked Hamilton had so much more pace than Verstappen you could see it with how close he was able to follow I think that's what Verstappen said after the race was the fact that Hamilton could just stay within 1.2 seconds was just you know it just showed that Mercedes had so much more grip so a little bit of a scary thought for the rest of the season because uh, Spain is is seen as that benchmark in terms of uh, the the, for, the running form going for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, so, sorry, in Portimao as well, that Mercedes seemed to be a lot more kind on the tyres, even though Red Bull potentially maybe fastest in like a low fuel, quali trim, soft tyres going absolutely ham. But yeah, M- Mercedes look pretty like I'd say a fair bit better maybe in the in the race because they can clearly manage their ties a lot better. Like and Max was doing everything he could to stay ahead, but unfortunately, yeah, couldn't quite do it. Yeah, no, I think just echoing your points, guys. You know, I think we said before that Max probably needed Checo up the front there to help him a bit. Um, but I guess you being in first, you are racing on the limit and you're gonna wear your tires probably a lot quicker than if you're further down the grid. So yeah, I think it's kind of already been answered. Cool. Uh, Tommy, three-word race review, please. Uh, three-word race review. I didn't really say that out loud. <laughs> three words review. One is classic title fight. Uh, and this is just kind of a nice positive message after Here we another, go. another lovely race. I love um, it. I love your tweets that are like, hear me out. So <laughs> and basically just says the complete opposite of what is everyone that, else is. Is saying. that the voice you read it in? <laughs> hear um, me out. Hear me out. Monaco <laughs> is the best track in the world, <laughs> yeah. and overtaking is so easy that drivers are yes. all terrible. Um yeah, this this title fight reminds me of those classic ones that I grew up as a kid, like the Hakkinen and Schumacher fight, where you've got two drivers in two different cars that are absolutely miles ahead of their teammate, and the two of them are just raising both their games. Um every single race um and it's absolutely incredible to watch i mean the craziest stat from the race for me is that despite everything this is the best start to a season hamilton's ever had um and verstappen too obviously so i think both both drivers deserve a huge amount of credit you know max in his first proper title bid to be able to stick with hamilton when he's essentially like we said had the best start he's ever had to an f1 season and obviously huge credit to hamilton as well for raising his game when everyone said oh well you know if uh, if someone could actually race him uh he'd be getting overtaken and it'd be rubbish and he's had the best ever start to a season is driving absolutely incredible so i'm absolutely loving this title fight and yeah four four from four now that we've had wheel-to-wheel battles with uh, max and lewis you've got to gotta love it 
that's the dream isn't it that's, that's the dream uh, as much as people are like oh i'd rather have easier uh, sorry more difficult overtaking it's like come on we've had four side-by-side moments between hamilton and verstappen literally our wet dreams are coming yeah. true and people are like no actually i would have liked a, a more difficult overtake for uh hamilton down the straight it's like, can't just, have it except that this is awesome the fact that it is hamilton versus verstappen verstappen still very much in the title fight let's ask this question which made me very angry at beta alpha male is the championship over prospect explosion yeah i was gonna say we're gonna edit explosions in behind us 23 rounds we're four rounds in hamilton's not even a, a race win clear is the championship over yeah we've seen mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. complaining that yeah, I've seen a few people on Twitter like laughing. People complaining like, on Twitter, a, surely not, Tommy. It's not a real title fight. It's already over. I mean, we have waited so long for a title fight. If you'd have said last year when, let's admit, the rules, we thought it's going to be the same story. Mercedes yeah. absolutely whitewashed the race. If you'd have said in four races, you'd get four wheel-to-wheel battles between Max and Lewis, there'd be one, two in every single race and there'd be a 14-point gap you'd be in absolute dreamland. So just enjoy well, it. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. it's so, I'm absolutely loving it. And exactly. You should appreciate it. Yeah, I think even if you had said that we'll be getting battles for the lead between somebody like Hamilton and Bottas, who are obviously the same team, we'd all... <laughs> you know you're in dreamland then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but we'd all be super excited. So to have Hamilton and Verstappen, two drivers from two different teams, and, you know, there's actually going to be competition in hopefully the Constructors' Championship this year as well, which will be a nice change because it's normally Mercedes that absolutely walk it. Um, yeah, I think this is just phenomenal. And I'm so excited as somebody who's been watching F1 for many, many, many years that we're able to witness this and see Hamilton, you know, like Hamilton got his 100th pole this weekend. Like we're literally watching the history books being rewritten in front of us whilst having this insane action on the Sunday, you know, um, passes for the lead. It's just literally, it's perfect. Just stop your complaining and appreciate what's in front of you, please. <laughs> Good. That's the way uh, Katie's going to deal with uh, all the criticism uh, that she's seen on social media. Uh, I, but the one thing that's kind of bugged me a little bit, and it's just a very tiny little thing, is people saying, and I'm not having a go at you here, Katie, he's breaking records. He didn't break any record. He just hit three figures. Everyone's like, he's broken another record. No, no. No one was on 99 poles. It's just three Hand, figures. The meme of him handing himself the helmet. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, he beat his own record and he's now at 100. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, for, but for my own... Witnessing history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I, I, was, I, I wasn't having to go to you, Katie. It was more like... No, it's too late. I'm really upset now. I can see that. Um, <laughs> and just for my own brain, I'd love it if Hamilton can win the next two races without getting pole, just so that we can have 100 and 100. And then I think he should just hang up his gloves there, even if it's mid-season, just... See it just looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, either way, uh, to answer your question, Beta Alpha Male, no. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, ExpressVPN. One of the main reasons people love ExpressVPN is the use of Netflix. See, thousands of shows on Netflix are only available outside of the UK, so you need to change your country if you want to access them. What the ExpressVPN app does is encrypts your data and reroutes it through a server location of your choice. This not only protects your data, but also lets you control which country you want Netflix to think you're in. ExpressVPN lets you choose from over 90 countries, so every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just fire up the app on your laptop or smart TV, switch your country, and hit connect. So be smart, protect your data, and stop paying full price for streaming services while only getting access to a fraction of their content. Visit expressvpn.com forward slash WTF1 right now and get three extra months of their service for free. That's expressvpn.com slash WTF1. Expressvpn.com forward slash WTF1 to learn more. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Katie, three word race review, please. My three word race review is don't underestimate Ferrari, don't which. That's for. No, it's not. Um, I mean, or if you, if apostrophe you expand it, I we mean, expand underestimated it. Ferrari. Is that kind of right? <laughs> I'll, I'll twist it. Uh, but yeah, basically, Charles Leclerc is an absolute wonder kid, which I'm sure might be like, I've told you this for ages. But yeah, he's, um, like, he's, he's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send that to Charles Leclerc. <laughs> 
fake fan. Um, but yeah, like Bahrain, sixth, Imola, fourth, Portugal, sixth, Spain, fourth. Nice little pattern going on there. But when we did our preseason podcast, I think, well, I, I'll speak on behalf of myself. I thought this was going to be another shocker of a year for Ferrari, especially with the pace that the McLarens had. Um, and, you know, Renault being rebranded to Alpine, they were looking promising. And uh, same with Racing Point. To become Aston Martin, I think we were all like, this is going to be a really intense midfield battle. But Ferrari just seems to be sort of not walking it because they've still got the competition from McLaren. But Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz um, are putting in some really impressive performances. And I'm excited to see how that's going to progress throughout the season. Yeah, I'd have to agree that there's two kind of standout, I think, yeah, two standout performances in the midfield of Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris. I mean, Lando had a pretty poor uh, race this weekend and generally just a whole weekend, to be honest, because just didn't get on top of that McLaren. Uh, his fastest lap was actually on an old set of softs on quali- in qualifying and then didn't manage to improve. Started behind Ricardo. The fact, I can't believe it's 3-1 to Ricardo in qualifying. That's absolutely preposterous yeah. when you think how much Danny Rick has been struggling in the races. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, Lando has a podium on under his belt and, and Charles Leclerc as well. Yeah, looking really strong. Uh, signs as well showed pr- uh, you know, a bit of promise this weekend and generally just kind of taking steps forward with that Ferrari. Uh, wasn't it him that came out and saying it was like driving a completely different formula or different yeah, cars, yeah. whatever? So yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's very easy for us to go, well, they're all Formula One cars. They can't be that different. But then Unless you're Yuki Sonoda. Or Yuki Sonoda. But actually, yeah, I, I take I, I joke about Haas, but they actually seem to be making some uh, steps forward. But um, Flacca Pinto asks, can we talk about Charles a little bit? Well, we have his move on Bottas at the start of the race was amazing. Finally, Ferrari is doing something good or was just luck and Charles driving? Uh, that's a question. OK. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, of course, we're talking about Charles Leclerc. That, that move, I think, was more accidental. It's like a Lando Norris round the outside at Bahrain turn four. He's done that, I think, three years in a row or something. And every time he hasn't meant to do it, just purely because the grip was there and he braked a bit later. Obviously, it's a great move going around the outside. And it was awesome to see. Um, and Bottas was obviously just got caught up in a bit of the dirty air. And I don't really know what Valtteri was doing there, to be honest, because, you know, just the didn't fact that he, expect him. Did yeah, he? he wasn't really looking or whatever. It's like lap one, mate. Come on. You've got a fast starting <laughs> Ferrari behind you. So it was a bit weird uh, to, to hear that Bottas wasn't really looking or checking or whatever he was doing. Uh, yeah, and Charles Leclerc went all the way around the outside, and that just ruined Valtteri's race there and then. Finished, done, kaput. But then he had the safety car. We had the safety car. Bottas still couldn't get through. So then it was definitely kaput. Yeah, for Ferrari have been impressive. I agree with Katie that we were saying that they might have an absolute shocker and not be there. Uh, you know, look at Alpha Tauri, who have really disappointed and not not got really any points on the board. Uh, well, do you remember all we the talking about signs? Them up? regretting leaving McLaren yeah. and seeing yeah, Ferrari's down there. Exactly. And he's he's up there. I'm I've actually been rather impressed with science, especially when you look at, you know, if he'd gone into that team and been exactly where Sebastian Vettel was, it would be you'd have the same kind of story that you get at Red Bull where it's like, oh it's Charles Leclerc's team and they just favor him and but science has been really solid like getting into that team when when you say a lot of the drivers have struggled i feel like science has maybe even been one of the best of the switch drivers um and charles leclerc is just such a talent i mean if i'm being super greedy uh, as we mentioned earlier about don't complain about the title fight if if we're in absolute mega 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 dreamland i'd have charlotte there in a ferrari with them as well because for me they're the three like mega talents of f1 and having those three and three different cars going for the title one can dream but don't listen ferrari but yeah ferrari uh, um it, it's nice to see him slowly getting back towards the front um and yeah i did not expect them to be on it with mclaren that's going to be a really nice fight actually uh ferrari mclaren for uh best of the rest i think it is yeah, sorry. I was going to add in that, um, you know, Carlos has definitely been one of the people that surprised me most. Obviously, in his F1 career so far, he sort of hopscotched from place to place. He went from Toro Rosso to Renault to McLaren to Ferrari. And he's never really been anywhere for a long time to have like a true comparison to teammates. I think that's fair to say. Um, but yeah, being against 
Charles is not an easy task. I mean, Sebastian Vettel, when he was leaving Ferrari, he signed on uh, one of the racing helmets. Like you're the most difficult teammate I've had in, you know, 10 years or 15 years or something like that. So it's, it's good that Charles is so highly rated. And like you say, I think he's definitely one of the best on the grid. Um, but Carlos apparently has just spent his whole off season and any spare time at the factory in Maranello, which Ferrari actually came out and said, like, we, we don't know what to do with him because we've never had a driver that's just so dedicated and spending so much time at the factory that they're having to find all these little tasks for him to do. But obviously that is he's reaping the rewards from that because he's having a really promising start to his season. Good lad. There we go. There's the segment that I definitely paid both Tommy and Katie to be positive about Charlotte Claire. <laughs> Um, yeah, good stuff. Right. Uh, moving on to Bottas a little bit and team orders. Running Waffles asks, why was Bottas such a silly goose when letting <laughs> Hamilton pass? I, I love that, that question. question. That's a brilliant. Yeah, he was a silly goose. Uh, why was he? One, he already knows he's out of the title fight. Two, he hasn't really had any pace and it's been a little bit embarrassing for Valtteri over the course of the season so far. I mean, he's shown glimpses in qualifying, but generally speaking, race pace hasn't been there. Uh, and three, there was a slight middle finger up to Lewis. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it, he just clearly was, you know, he was racing Leclerc, which is a bit of a weird thing to say out loud. Uh, but if he wanted to pit again, he needed to continue to, the, uh, to, to bridge that gap to then go out and potentially do fastest lap. So I understand why he didn't want to let Hamilton through to some degree, but also he could have made it so much easier. And uh, there were so many opportunities to just lift off the throttle. You lose half a second, Crimea River. Your teammate, who has been better than you, is fighting for the win and he needs to get through ASAP Rocky. And he just, <laughs> he just, yeah, he just made it difficult for, for. I was almost annoyed a little bit. I was like, Bottas, just get out the way. I want to see a fight for the lead here. Uh, but and then he kind of turned in and turned 10 and it looked quite close at the camera angle. I don't think it was as close as it looked, but it was still a little bit, yeah, just weird from Bottas. It was uh, almost like a little bit of a toy just being thrown out the pram. It was a bit like, why are you racing him so hard now? Um, yeah, <laughs> not when they're actually... No, I do I do feel sorry for him for a point because when he's not challenging Lewis, everyone's on his back. Um, and then when he does, everyone's like, oh, what? you know, because there is this whole like, well, you know, he needs to be sticking it to Lewis and... I guess if you're from a completely selfish point of view, you're thinking, well, this is my chance to, if he was being totally selfish, he could have said like, well, I'm, I'm fighting Lewis for the title in his head. Obviously he is. Um, He's fighting Lando for P3. (laughs) He's fighting Lewis for the title. And this is my chance to get more points than him because Lewis has gone for this strategy and I'm going to stay in front. But um, there's probably a bit of frustration there that, yeah, I, th- I think there was frustration there. There's been a media talk, hasn't there, as well, this weekend, that there was just random, out-of-nowhere rumour that he was going to be replaced mid-season and the team aren't very happy with him, which I think is nonsense, personally. And Toto Wolff said the same thing. Um, I guess I imagine, though, if if... Because at the time, I don't think it was at that point, but definitely at the start, the the team radio to Hamilton was, you are half a second uh, you, you'll catch him on the last lap now imagine <laughs> now imagine if he had caught him on the last lap didn't get drs and it had been like oh one more lap and lewis would have won the race maybe they would have replaced him mid-season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah i think i can sympathize a little bit with Valtteri because like you say he needs to assert that dominance because if he just let hamilton through then he's essentially just saying I'm, I am number two driver, let him through, do whatever. And we've seen from Valtteri so many times that he's not that way inclined. Like he wants to make a statement, which you could argue maybe he should be making more of a statement in things like qualifying or at the start of the race. But for him, that point was a chance for him to show, you know, like you're not necessarily number one here, mate. There's two of us challenging for this title fight. <laughs> I can see. But if that if that's the messaging he's going for, it's the most pointless messaging ever. Yeah, but I mean, we're, we're talking it about him. it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, lots of people have questioned it, and we put a, an article out yesterday saying, should uh, like, is this a problem? Should Bottas have um, you know let Hamilton pass that easily? And loads of people were saying, no, like he's entitled to not let him through straight away. Um, if Hamilton wants it, he can earn it, that kind of thing. And, and I do agree with that in certain parts but 
like I said, if you're going to make a big deal out of letting Hamilton through and that's going to be your big I'm alpha male, all this kind of stuff, then you're doing it at the wrong time. Like you need to be making those moves when it matters. Like I said, like in qualifying or start of the race and stuff like that. So I'm kind of, I can see both sides, but I agree that he was a bit of a silly goose to answer shock, the question. Uh, shock that uh, F1 fans wanted Hamilton to be held up. Yeah, I know, literally. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's not from a neutral perspective. I can guarantee you that. But um, but yeah, I mean, there's times for Bottas to be a silly goose. And I don't think that was one of the times, to be honest, because he was never going to keep Hamilton at bay. If there was a chance, say, for example, he's on five, 10 lap older tires or whatever, I mean, you know, whatever, there's not that big pace differential, then fair enough. But and there's it a few was laps. Night and day. Yeah. And if there's a few laps to go, Maybe you could have got yeah. right. Maybe you could have got on the radio and been like, "Well, why? I I, I deserve to be second. I'm in second. And exactly. Tried to argue it, but when yeah, like his 15, teammate is running a, yeah. a different race, it's not mm. really there to be done, is it? Oh well. Uh, maybe next time. <laughs> uh, FIA team radiograph. Let's talk about that because that uh, that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, apparently, they had been discussing it for quite some time to kind of introduce this this uh, this new team radio feature. Uh, with the FIA and of course that was to do with Toto Wolf coming over the radio and um, basically having a go at Michael Massey for blue flags when uh, Mazepin wasn't getting out of the way um, we're actually releasing a uh, blue flag video uh, coming to the channel tomorrow so uh, find out more about the uh, blue flags uh, there um, as for the question at no man Hussein the new FIA radio graphics certainly should see more of it right yes yes uh, I said in IBR I'd watch 66 laps unfiltered toto wolf if i could just turn off sky commentary and let me just hear that sort of stuff yeah that that's the kind of stuff the fans want i think especially when you know you, you hear from christian horner and toto wolf and all of these big team bosses in the shows and whatnot but you never really hear from them apart from occasionally if a strategy call needs absolutely doing then toto might come over and oh my god it's all scary but having that sort of argument between the fia and, and f1 teams i'm absolutely down for yeah i wonder how much uh Netflix have inspired this bit of team radio. The fact that a, a lot of Drive to Survive is the whole team principles snitching on each other and stuff, and they've clearly introduced this graphic. Um, I mean, Katie, you wrote you wrote about it and know a, a little bit more about what um, what they're going to be doing with it. But it's, I mean, from a yeah fan perspective, absolutely love the the drama of it and seeing that you know we're going to get hopefully more of these teams when when you do hear you know christian horner saying oh hamilton jumped the start there or toto wolf kind of getting on the radio when things are things are getting a uh, spicy spicy <laughs> got it in the podcast <laughs> yeah no the the whole graphic was discussed last year at um some f1 commission meetings and everybody agreed that it would be a, a good addition which i agree um i think all of Twitter seemed to just go into meltdown when this graphic happened, which is, um, I mean, always a good thing because it, like you say, it gave us a, another behind the scenes look as to what's being discussed. Michael Massey said that he doesn't often hear from Toto Wolf during races. It's quite a rare thing. So obviously Toto uses this power um, when he means it. So talking about blue flags and with Mazepin and stuff like that during the race. But um, yeah, Pitwall and the team principals, like that's quite a common, uh, sorry, the Pitwall and FIA is quite a common um, discussion that they have during the races anyway, whether that be about, um, like you say, so-and-so jumped the start or people might have said Gasly didn't look like he was in his pit box this weekend and that kind of thing. So like you said, there's always going to be team principals wanting to throw each other and the other teams under the bus a bit. Um, and hey, if we can hear it on uh, on the graphics and I'm all for it. <laughs> absolutely more more and more insight is what uh, us f1 fans I, need. i can't sure. wait i can't wait for the first um kind of incident where maybe a driver's moved across and it's a little bit dodgy and a team wants to get another driver a penalty that they're directly racing with i think that's where that graphic is going to get really really interesting and hopefully i think that i we think get they'll, to see. they'll keep it very um pg i think i don't i don't imagine we'll see the yeah but hamilton wiped us out type vibes no no but they might get a few I hope. I hope yeah, that we get fancy a, few... a few snippets. Yeah, okay. I hope we do. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too, but I just don't think they'll do it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, right, play the jingle. Now it's time for ABCDFO. Every time it's just this, and you don't. Yeah, it just starts uh, having no, a chat. <laughs> I, I put it in Imla, but forgot the 
the other two. Oh, brilliant. So people just hear us going, oh, no, with either. And just doing this. <laughs> Put the jingle in, Tommy. Right. <laughs> Remember, you can vote too. Visit WTF1.com after the race and you can vote too. That's uh, probably a Katie thing. Not just like a go, go see Katie's website and put your numbers in right actually it's letters okay <laughs> let's start let's start with mick schumacher oh boom Ooh. turning it around going to the bottom of the grid um mick schumacher uh, he's actually been showing some decent promise uh, in my opinion i feel like he's getting a handle of that has not starting on the back row of the grid and generally speaking a pretty decent race from him so i'm verging on an a but i think I'm, i think a b is probably a bit safer yeah, I've got I've gone for B as well. I think it was good. He had an amazing start, didn't he? He was up there ahead of quite a few other cars at the start, but unfortunately that Haas just doesn't have the pace to keep up. But yeah, it was a good he's definitely uh doing himself a lot of favours kind of on and off track. He's showing himself as a very um kind of respectful driver as well. I think a lot of people may have seen the the video of him where he sort of clattered his Haas mechanic a little bit and gave him a thumbs up and he was on the radio genuinely really worried about him and asking if he was okay and stuff and apologizing. But yeah, he's, he's definitely, uh, it's difficult because he's doesn't, he, he's, it's kind of the rookie comparison, you know, it would have been great if we could have had a, a Grosjean in there or, or a Magnussen to see him stack up against someone. Cause that, that is quite difficult to compare the Haas drivers, but yeah, I've gone for B. Yeah, I've gone for B as well. Schumacher's had really good, like, last two races um, and been, I think, outperforming the car on some of those occasions. So, yeah, B for Mick Schumacher. And a B from the fans. It's B's all round. Lovely. Uh, Mazepin. Uh, I mean, didn't crash. Um, <laughs> didn't spin. Didn't He didn't, did he? No. Uh, it, he was off I, the pace. Yeah, he what quite happens massively i'm quite confused about this because i was watching it in the race and he was there were some bits where he, maybe it was the pit stops um but i remember like looking a few times and he was a few f like not that far behind mick at occasional points maybe it's because mick had already pitted or something but then at the end i always read and it's like he was a minute behind mick and i'm like how like when when did that happen yeah it is a bit weird I'm, I'm sure there are mistakes that we don't get to see uh on on television because other yeah, things yeah. are going on um but yeah let's get i'm gonna give him a d yeah i've gone for d when you're a minute behind your teammate yeah not ideal i mean he was involved in some controversial uh Shock. stuff with <laughs> with uh q1 on saturday um, where the stewards basically deemed that he had impeded Norris in qualifying. Um, however, it's it's difficult looking back at the footage because, and, and Norris said this as well, like he could sympathise that the traffic was just absolutely insane. But yeah. it does mean that he got another penalty point on his licence. So he's now at two penalty points in 12 months, which is not good. I, I thought, to be fair, I thought it was a bit harsh that he got that yeah. penalty because you, you watch it back and there was a huge cluster of cars at that final chicane and you can understand why he just went, well, I can't really just hang here with two <laughs> others behind me. I'm just going to bolt it and obviously didn't work out. So I kind of, yeah, I didn't, you know, put much blame on him there and I thought no. it was a bit harsh. Not, I mean, I say harsh, he didn't, it's not like he dropped any positions on the grid, but um, he still got given a three-place code penalty, which is <laughs> it's just brilliant, isn't it? Uh, I love the memes of like a swimmer with a bottle of water and pouring it over their head. And, stuff <laughs> and just that's the kind of stuff that that, that kind of uh, the vibes it, it gives us. Uh, Mazepin was given an F by the fans. Um, no surprise there. Uh, Nicholas Latifi. Let's uh, well, um, he made a move at turn one at some point on a, on a Hass, I believe. C. Yeah, gone for C. Yeah, I think C is fair. Okay. And C for the fans. George Russell, uh, he was kind of looking kind of pointy until someone until people started to mention it. I was looking yeah. at the graphic the entire time and I was like, I could tweet something on the WTF1 account, but this is when inevitably he doesn't get a point and then everyone goes, why did you mention it? So I didn't yeah. mention it. Uh, and then someone did. Mm. I don't um, know who you're talking about. I think then, it was uh, Matt, maybe. <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then... Um, mm. Yeah, he fe he fell away uh, Sorry, with George. his tyres at the end because he was very close. I think it was half a second, wasn't he? Off tenth at one point, looking like he might benefit from the Alonso train. If he'd maybe, it's hard to see because we didn't get to see it. But 
gone for a dive bomb, whatever, but his pace was still good. So, yeah, okay, let's give him a B. 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 And sorry for tweeting about it, everyone. No worries. B. B for, <laughs> uh, B for the fans as well. Uh, where are we going? All the way with the fans, apart from Mazepin. Joe Venazzi. He uh, had a very funny incident in the pits, didn't he? Where uh, one of the tyres was flat. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, well, before they put it on the car. That's a bit weird, never, isn't it? Never, ever seen that before. Where no, neither have I. With a flat tyre. Someone was just hammering <laughs> the, the tyre. <laughs> yeah. it's it one way to, to kind of communicate that it's flat. So just bashing the tyre. But fair play to them for realising. I don't know how flat. It didn't look flat from a TV perspective, did it? But um, there you go. So someone's been in their garage and uh, popped a little pin in there by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. So it's, diff- it's difficult, Giovinazzi, because I don't like to be the person that always is just like, oh, C had a bit of an anonymous race. <laughs> but also C had a bit of an anonymous race. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like he was he was ahead of Raikkonen in qualifying, and it's really hard to judge when you have a a, a mistake uh, that's not your fault. But C. I think it's still a C, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go for a B. I'm gonna change it up. I think Tough. oh, okay, I don't get to reason. <laughs> <laughs> cool, on, next one. Reasoning? No, I was just going to say, you know, did really good in qualifying and um, outbeat his teammate. Outbeat, is that? We're going to go with it. That's, that's not English. <laughs> <laughs> I qualified his Our teammate. Our WGF1 editor here, Katie Fair. Yeah, making up words <laughs> as she goes along. Um, and then, yeah, had an incident in the race with his tyres. It wasn't his fault, so I'm going to go B. But I've been outvoted, so who cares? You have been outvoted <laughs> and also been outvoted by the fans as well. They gave him a C. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> I mean, he finished 12th. He was kind of on the outskirts of the points in that alpha, although the alpha seems to be about there, really, uh, with the sort of Aston Martins. So, yeah, C C. as well. C C for Raikkonen. Standard alpha remain. (laughs) Yeah, cool. We're going to get to the interesting ones soon, I promise. And the fans gave him a C as well. Did you go for a C, Katie? Yes. Cool. Uh, Esteban Ocon had an amazing qualifying, but ended up finishing P9. probably didn't make the most of of uh, of his race you'd have to say but then maybe he outperformed that alpine on the first run in q3 and you kind of expected him to fall back a little bit i think it's a b yeah b very concerned by i'm going to be shouting in london but oh, here we go. baby very impressive just to remind everyone so if uh, esteban Ocon beats fernando alonso over the course of this season tommy will be shouting sorry esteban in the middle of london and if it's the other way around katie you will be saying sorry fernando is that right that's true but i don't think i'm gonna need to at this rate wow very confident four races in (laughs) you're you're, you're the one that tweeted is the championship over (laughs) nico rosberg right uh, so we're going to give yeah Alonso uh, Alonso Ocon a B and the fans gave him a B as well. Fernando Alonso uh, he ended up finishing very low down because he was on mediums for about four, 47 yes, years. Yes, 17th. Uh, but obviously that was down to his late pit stop and he was kind of left out there hoping they can get him to the end on in maybe a point. So I feel like just a C to be fair. Yeah, never seen Alonso so happy about finishing 17th. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was skipping race. around, wasn't he? Um, yeah, C. Yeah, C as well. And C from the fans, Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, he had a poor qualifying, didn't he? Uh, was out in Q1. And yep. then his car turned off. So he's not really much to <laughs> much to kind of analyse there. About. I think that's a D, isn't it, really? Yeah, he definitely should have got into Q2 in an AlphaTauri. Um, 100%. And then kind of came out and... Ble- well, the way in which a lot of people deciphered what he said after qualifying was that he has a different car to Gasly. But I feel like he was just saying that the two drivers have different feedback in the sense of they need different things and he's not i feel like that's just a language barrier yeah i yeah he's he's very hot-headed as we've seen and uh and he definitely kind of got baited a little bit by skylight what you're saying and he kind of muddled his words a bit um he just needs to remember that he is a rookie at the end of the day he's he is against gasly who's a proven race winner and to be not that far off him is not the end of the world so no. Yeah. So said, so, oh, I love how you changed your changed your tune a little bit there. I mean, <laughs> coming to the season, yeah, he'll beat Gasly. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he'll beat Gasly. Yeah, Basically, Yuki needs time. to just just. We've just had a little uh, little blip on the little on dip, the yeah. on the yeah. Yuki said a hype train. We just 
having a little toilet break and uh, we'll uh, carry on later. Oh yeah, I, f- I forgot about those trains that stop for toilet breaks. <laughs> I was on a train once that did that. Really? Yeah, the toilet broke and we had to stop at every single, uh, every single oh, what is this podcast? But- what a story. Oh my goodness. What a story. Okay, so D for Sonoda for everyone, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to give him an E because his qualifying was pretty shocking, but I feel like he didn't get a fair chance to prove himself in the race having to stop on like lap eight. So I think a D is fair, but the fans were very um, split. There was D, which was the most popular one, hence why it's here. And then it was E and then it was F. So everybody was giving him really poor grades this weekend. Well, I'm hoping no more than it. <laughs> People going B. Yeah, so the fans did give Sonoda a D. Uh, Pierre Gasly, uh, he was quite quick at the end, almost beat Ocon to the line, uh, considering, yeah, he was kind of out of the points for a lot of the race. He kind of came strong at the end. Um, it's, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> difficult to tell because I think that Alpha Tauri isn't actually very good at the moment which is strange to say because they looked really strong in Bahrain. And, and now we're at Spain, which, of course, is a different track. Of course, and you know, this is supposed to be the benchmark. But to see them drop off so much and see the likes of Alpine come strong, and it's a bit of a, bit of a weird one. So B, I guess it's like kind of a low B, but probably a B all the same. I've gone for C because he did mess up at the start, didn't he? In which oh yeah, of course. Yeah, race, he position. rolled out his grid position. and Yeah, that's C. That's, that's quite, a, a, rookie quite a rookie area, yeah. Yeah, I think C is a fair, yeah. fair grade. He did a good job coming back from that, but at the end of the day, he shouldn't have misjudged the spot. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot about his five-second penalty. So yeah, that is a C for Gasly, and the fans gave him a B. Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll finished eleventh. Um, had a bit of a ding dong with Alonso. I don't think anything came of that, did it? No, nope, nothing. Even though he went off the track, but he was forced. So. Is this is this is the classic C. I think Aston Martin are, are going to are worryingly becoming Alfa Romeo thing, where we just say, "See, yeah, they finish in the midfield. They finish between eleventh and fifteenth. Yeah, which is well, we'll, we'll do Vettel as well, then, shall we? See, see, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, and there's a pair of C's for the fans as well uh, for those two. Carlos Sainz, so he ended up finishing P seven. I think tantalizingly close to Danny Rick the entire race, pretty much. Um, I think it's a B for, for signs. Yeah, B. Yeah. B. B. And B from the fans as well. Charles Leclerc, I think this deserves... Oh, I was going to say an A star, just purely because I don't think he could have done any more in that Ferrari. But then at the same time, I feel like it's reserved for very special performances. So and I'm part of you is also a. worried that you'll get called a fanboy. But oh, no, I'm not worried. It makes you feel me. any better. I get called that every day anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, could, I could be critical <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, you're just a fanboy. How does that work? Yeah, uh, yeah okay. I think an A. I've got an A star. I think it was absolutely okay, perfect a star, all weekend. If you said it an A star. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got an A star as well. Oh, thank God for that. <sighs> I, I just like watching perfect. you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would, I best would, best yeah. he could have done in quality, best he could have done in the race. Okay, cool. Amazing. Yes, A star. And the fans gave him an A. So there you go. Uh Daniel Ricardo. So uh, I would I would give Danny Rick an A. I think he's had a solid performance. Um, considering where he has been and to, to perform how he did uh yesterday, I, I think it deserves a low A, but still an A. I've gone for a B. Maybe I'm judging it too much on him. Uh, kind of expecting more from Danny Rick because he's Danny Rick. But I've gone for a, a B, which is it's definitely a lot a lot better from him. But saving saving the A for when he wins the Monaco. You're giving him. He doesn't an even a. get an A star. <laughs> for... <laughs> a star. Poor folk. He can't yeah, say yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, B. I've gone for B. Okay. Okay. I've gone for an A yes. for Ricardo. Screw so... you, Tommy. Oh. <laughs> Pessimist. Yeah. I think looking at how I've previously ranked Ricardo throughout the season, an A is fair for what he achieved this weekend. Um, how many? Uh, how, how much? What was the percent for Danny Rick uh, A's? Was it close, Katie? Um, can close you give to... me two seconds? Yeah, I'll give you two I'm seconds. Don't worry. The fans gave Danny Rick a B. Um, but I feel like maybe a lot of people would have voted him an A because I think that was, you know, he beat Lando Norris for his, fir- his first time in his, well, it's the first time, isn't it, in the race? Uh, so uh, was it first time in the race? Pretty sure. 
but Lando definitely beat him in Bahrain, definitely beat him in Imola. Yeah, of course. He yeah. beat him in yeah, Portugal, yeah. 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 Uh, so. uh, the fans, so the fans gave him a B, 50% of the vote, and then A was 45% of the oh, vote. I knew it'd be oh, wow. close. Really I knew it'd be yeah. close. Go on, the fans, uh, but still kind Someone of... Someone gave him an E. Are you okay, hun? Yeah, <laughs> like, Lando. That? That was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lando. Speaking of Lando, let's move on to him now. Um, I think it was a yeah very bang average performance from Lando, although he was quite positive coming out of the race, wasn't he? He was saying that he, he did pretty much all he could do, kind of accepted it's Spain, which is kind of a good attitude to have that, you know, he just didn't have a great weekend. Move on, you know, see you in Monaco. But I think it's still a C for Lando. Yeah, I've gone for C. Just mediocre but if, if he's gonna he's gonna take that as a mediocre performance if he's still bringing home it in eighth and getting some good points for mclaren uh i think he'll take that as a, a maybe slightly less impressive weekend compared to how he's been doing yeah i mean the weekend could have gone way worse so you know point scoring is still good and yeah i think c's fair for norris and a c from the fans sergio perez i'm gonna give him a d Oh, this is so tricky. No, I think, yeah, I think a D as well, because I was thinking he finished fifth, but he qualified eighth, which wrecked his... Yeah. Higher. He shouldn't yeah. be qualifying eighth. He had a good start. Red. Don't get me wrong. He was up two places on lap one, but you've got to be fourth, mate. You've got to be fourth. Cost your teammate the win as well. Yeah. Arguably. Well, I'm going to go for a C for Checo, because I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt with the shoulder injury. I can see you <laughs> laughing at my thing. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think wasn't great, but if he says he's poorly, then I'm not going to... Poorly is such a... Like, <laughs> oh, did it oh, we uh, just uh, it up make you feel better. Someone's going to turn up to Monaco. I had a bit of a runny nose. Katie, yeah. <laughs> see. Katie's, <laughs> Katie's there with a hot water bottle. Like, don't worry, check out. It's fine. We'll get you back, we'll get you back to fourth place. No, she back to yeah. health. The thing I found the weirdest thing was Perez saying he had like a shoulder injury or whatever, but then was like, yeah, I should be fine for tomorrow. <laughs> what shoulder injury just goes away after 24 hours it's because they heard yeah. alex album was on the way and he was like oh i'm feeling much better now guys don't worry oh yeah he was he was he there, was there yeah. He was, yeah yeah so he was he was lurking but yeah um so perez i gave a d and uh ktc and the fans went for c as well but we give him a d <laughs> max verstappen well that would have almost been an a star had he won the race but i feel like an a is where it sits. I think a high A because I think he did absolutely everything he could in that Red Bull, uh, but not quite an A star. Yeah, exactly the same. A. A? A. And the fans a. gave him an A. Valtteri Bottas. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. I think it's a B, but not very high. <laughs> I mean, I was kind of thinking C, but I think he was, you know, a tenth and a half off in quali, obviously got done around the outside of Charles Leclerc, ruined his race, then held up. Maybe it is a C. I think I'd have gone for a B if I'd given Perez a C, but because Perez is a D, I'm giving Bottas a C, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Bottas a C. I've gone for a B because of how I graded Checo. But, I mean, he still finished third. Like, yeah, if I give awful. Perez a D. Well, yeah, he's in a, he's in a rocket ship. That's nice. <laughs> Verstappen <laughs> to... is a better driver than him, so that's why he's ahead. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the fact is he wouldn't have finished any worse than third just purely because there is no other car, really, apart from what Perez, unfortunately, can't get a handle of that Red Bull. So, I think, yeah, see, and uh, the fans gave him a B, so they're on your side, Katie. There you go. They're wise uh, people. <laughs> until they don't agree with us. Uh, and finally, Lewis Hamilton. Now, hmm. I... I want to give him an A. I don't. I don't think it's an A star performance from Lewis. I think that obviously that Mercedes was quicker, and the strategy was open for him to take that strategy. And yeah, okay, it was a great drive, but he had much fresher tires, and Max was quite. I'm going to believe Max in the in the sense that he was saying that the Mercedes had so much more grip than him. I, yeah, I don't think it was an absolutely stunning, ridiculous drive from Lewis. So I want to give him an A. I've gone for A star. <laughs> I've gone for Star as well. The, the speeds that he made up. I know he's in a Mercedes and people are going to be like, oh, you know, like you said, they're in a rocket ship, but that was just phenomenal, the amount of time that he managed to make up during that race. Don't buy it. I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm the first to say that Lewis Hamilton's achievements are amazing. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I'm a Lewis Hamilton hater and fanboy. Uh, so people will... You know, You're giving him the same grade you did. Did you, did you give him an A in 
Imola when he went off and made a recovery drive. God knows. Don't know. We erase podcast from our memory as soon yeah, as we yeah, stop yeah. recording. I'm sure someone will I'm sure someone will come in. I, I, just, yeah. I don't know. I just it is it was a great drive. Okay, and I'm just going to stick with A, otherwise I'll look like a pushover. Uh, <laughs> and the fans gave him an A star. So, woo, can't wait for those comments. But look, it was still a great drive. Okay, moving on. Predictions for the Spanish Grand Prix. I said Mercedes front row lockout. God damn it. And Alpine don't make Q3. God damn it. What's wrong with wow. me? Zero points, Tommy. You know what you should have gone for, though, Matt? Stroll that qualifies Vettel. Yeah, yeah. you bottled prediction. it <laughs> no, well, I'm a Vettel hater if I do it but then as soon as I'm you know, anyway Tommy uh, Science beats Leclerc in the race nope and uh, Vettel in the points nope wow we are really we know still a lot no about points. Formula 1 Katie oh here we well, go I know something about Formula 1 apparently <laughs> Ricardo beats Norris ding 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 that's one point and then it's a surprise podium but I mean ding dong no ding <laughs> and but, the fans Sorry, Katie, you're going to say something. I was just, I was just going you're going to lord in your predictions, aren't you? I am. And I'm also going to just drop into conversation about the top five predictions for the race that we put out on social media oh, yesterday. Oh, here we go. Because <laughs> this deserves at least some points. I'm not having it if Hold you on. say no. Points? Sorry? Yes, points for because what? I predicted the top five perfectly. And I want points. I'm going to start a petition. I'm going to get the fans on my side. Don't you come come over here and start throwing back. (laughs) What, you're just going to make predictions for every race and be like, actually, uh, I made this prediction, so I'm just going to throw this in the mix. You put it out on social media. You make two predictions. You come in here, Katie, this season, and you think you can start changing the rules. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to start a go find me with the fans. Okay, well, I got four of them right. (laughs) Can, can I have some points? You can have four points. I have five <laughs> points. And then double points for getting them all right. So wow. Oh, so you'll get you're ten points. five Thank races you. worth of 100% score. I yes. wrote on Twitter <laughs> that the race was actually better for no overtaking, which was technically correct. So I think I get 10 <laughs> points for that. Right. Nobody's getting any points for that. In case someone well, is actually... I'm going to sulk now. So yeah, yeah, For Good. people doing exactly. their spreadsheets that they do. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Where do I put point. these 10 points? This doesn't make sense. <laughs> it um, gets okay. one point for a Norris prediction. Well done, Katie. Congrats. That was a very good five, five out of five. I was four out of five. Tommy was about, I think, one out of five. He's just a terrible <laughs> one fan. Um, fans, Arbon Elliott, not Albon Elliott. I think this person's been in here before because I think I've said exactly the same thing. Um, Hamilton wins by 20 plus seconds. No, it was 15. C underscore McNaughton 17. Both Williams cars will have a Q2 appearance. No. And literally everyone handbot ver. Yeah, kind of. Actually, it was handverbot. Does that Half count? Half a point. Half a point for the fans. I thought they meant just that combination. Yeah, it's hard to know if a ham bot there is a ham bot there, or it can be a bot there ham, or a okay, my ham there bot, or a there bot ham, or a okay. Are you okay, Tommy? You sound like you're malfunctioning. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of malfunctioning, we're going to Monaco's. uh, The predictions for the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, My two predictions are: I will fall asleep during the race. (laughs) No, it's not. But that would be a point. Perez not in the top five. And Verstappen crashes at some point in the weekend. Tommy? I've gone for neither Lewis or Max win. Well, why don't you just say a Bottas win then, you boring man? No, because <laughs> you, you might be surprised. <laughs> um, oh, so you're just opening up to a crazy race. Is that what you're saying? Uh, and Ricardo top four in quali. Nice. I've gone for the most DNF so far this season and Ella Clerk podium. What is the most DNF so far this season, Katie? I looked at that. I thought this was quite a... There's been like one DNF. Yeah, no, no, I thought that and was like, but there was four DNFs in Bahrain, so you're gonna have was, to. And there was less in Imola, wasn't there? Yeah, you're gonna have to hope five people crash into the wall. Not that we'd hope yeah. to crash into the wall, <laughs> no. um, but most DNFs. So okay, all right, and the Claire podium. I'll get on board with that. I'll give you a point right now, Katie. If that happens, cool. The fans, Mimi Hopi hopes <laughs> that Charles Leclerc will win. Uh, if you'd have just read that out Mimi hoping Mimi Charles, Charles Leclerc wins win. it would sound like you actually hoping that uh, yeah Mimi, Mimi hoping Charles Leclerc was going to win uh, Til- I mean that I'm definitely on board with Tilka Tracks says somehow Lewis out in Q2 and Dan 02475676 why do so many people have so many long numbers I think they do that just for the podcast Danny Rick on the podium so uh, okay we've got a few that could mix in here with fans and our predictions cool all right Katie, final thoughts? My final thoughts is that people need to remember that F1 is more than just overtakes and crashes and who has the fastest car. Strategy is 
and maybe <laughs> strategy <laughs> is a huge part to play and sometimes I feel it's downplayed as an interesting part of part of the sport because so much of it happens behind the scenes I got it written down and I still yeah, I messed could, it I up could, I could tell because you were like you didn't even um you were like, <laughs> yes so, so... I think the uh, cars should uh, yeah yeah Tommy final thoughts you're gonna laugh at me but I have never looked more forward to a Monaco Grand Prix than this year I absolutely cannot wait for it it's going to be an absolute banger i can't wait and you might qualifying is going to be amazing we you know what it was like at imola people just want it to be a bit mixed up so you know it's going to be good i can't wait you might think uh i think i'm lying here but i'm genuinely looking forward to seeing the cars go around monaco missed it last year yeah i think it's because it's not been here for a Mm. year and (laughs) i just need a reminder of how bad it is No, qualifying is going to be awesome around there. The race, we'll see. But um, it's a, it's, it is one of those. Yeah, I kind of, I think, I think I finally got round to, because obviously we didn't have it last year. And then you kind of think, what would it be like? What would Formula One be like without a Monaco Grand Prix? And I, I'm on your side, Tommy. I think we should keep Monaco. I've, I've changed my mind. Tommy's frozen. Tommy's actually frozen. (laughs) Well, that was really good. You've got a career if Tommy Tiafon goes down the toilet as uh, (laughs) statues in London. Um, Cool. All right. Thank you so much, guys. My my final thoughts is, yeah, I can't look. I'm looking forward to the Monaco Grand Prix, and that's the first time in a very long time. And so let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, Should be good fun. But Max has to win, I think, in my opinion, if we want to keep a close title fight. It's a good opportunity. It's all down to quality. Let's see what happens. Right. Thank you so much to everybody for watching and listening. And to you, Tommy, and to you, Katie, for being part of this Natter session. Um, thanks to ExpressVPN as well for sponsoring this podcast. Please give us five stars or whatever, thumbs up, however you rate us, because you know we deserved absolutely nothing less. Subscribe if you're new and uh, use the hashtag WTF1podcast if you want to be involved next time. Thank you so much to Tommy and Katie once again. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for the Monaco Grand Prix. Goodbye. Monaco. Monica. All right, calm down. I'm not that excited. <laughs> Why are we doing this? I don't know. I don't know. I'm cleaning, washing the windows. <laughs> Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.